Well, once again, only one more to go tonight. <laughs> and then you can all relax. Anyway, I'd just like to greet everyone and to um, say how much I enjoyed the service this morning. I was blessed with the um, biblical foundational teaching. I thought it was absolutely wonderful, and it certainly set the scene for the beautiful service that we had afterwards. And I do give God the praise for being among his people. Thank you. I'm going to get straight into the work today because I know you'll be anxious to get home and have your lunch and everything else. But um, I'd like to thank my nephew and your pastor, Brother Butcher, for um, inviting me to bring the Word of God and to be with you these last, this last week and the few times I've spoken to you. And I know that I've been blessed in the preparation of it. I'm just going to go straight into our text this morning. And that is 1 Corinthians 3.16 and up to verse 20. A very familiar pas uh, passage of scripture. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Sister Josina mentioned this scripture last Sunday night. Your pastor mentioned it this morning. Last Sunday morning, Sister Gina Gretsch, when she preached, she touched on this message this morning, and I felt a bit alarmed. But then on Sunday night, Sister Josina almost took my message word for word, and I almost thought to myself, did I make a mistake? But I was absolutely 100% assured God gave me this message for you this morning, which means that he has brought this to you three times. I would feel that God means serious business when he brings the same word three times. So I'm presenting it from a different angle. I'm a practical person. I need to know how to live my life in a practical way, as well as a theory. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope it leaves you with something and that not only that you will be hearers, but you will be doers of this word this morning as well. I've called it, God wants his house to himself. I'm going to repeat that. God wants his house to himself. He does not want to share it. God does not want to share his house. If you remember anything at all from this morning, I want you to remember that title. As a child growing up in a family of nine, we all had to share. As a child, I remember sharing a bed, three down the bottom, two up the top. I'm sure none of you have ever had to do that, but that was how I was brought up. At meal times, it was every man for himself. There wasn't very much left after we had finished eating. If we were very fortunate and we managed to get something really nice like chocolates or biscuits or cakes, which wasn't very often, and if I got them for myself, I didn't want to share them at all. I wanted to go away and hide. Brother and sister Myra laughing because they know exactly what I mean. They brought me over in Erianjaya a large box of Aero Grey tea bags. And as soon as they gave them to me, I went and hid them. And when they asked me later, Sister Bellette, didn't we bring you some Aero Grey tea bags? I said, yes. 
And they said, are you going to share them? And I said, no. Surely you don't mean that, Sister Blair. I said, I mean it very, very much. And I didn't share them. I sent them back to Australia, having only had Indonesian tea, which was horrible. But the thing is, you see, our house, my home, was very, very busy. Nine people in a house, 24-7, makes it noisy and very busy. And we were constantly having not only to share in food and beds, but we had to share time. We had to share space. You fell over each other all the time. If you're sharing a bedroom with two or three other people, there is no place to hide anything. It's very, very busy. When I became a teenager, some of the family went to work and sort of moved out. And the house became very, very quiet. There was only my mother, my father, myself, and one other. But I noticed there had been a change. Not only had siblings moved out, but my mother had begun making sure that her visitors and friends were always gone. They were always out of the house by about 2.30. My dad was a miner. He got home from the mines about 3 o'clock. And I would say to my mum, why did you push your friends out the door like that so quickly? She said, because your dad's due home. I said, well, he wouldn't mind. He goes into the lounge room and reads his paper and drinks his cup of tea. Why would it bother him? And she said, no. She says, I don't want anyone in the house when your father comes home. She says, because you see, a man's home is his castle. And he wants it to himself and his wife in it. He doesn't want to share his house with anyone else. We know that we love our children and we have them with us and they grow up. But there comes a time in a marriage when the husband and wife look forward to being on their own. This is what she told me. I've always remembered it. The other thing she told me was, if you're running late and your husband's due home, throw the tablecloth on the table, set out the knives and forks, and you'll think dinner's just about ready. <laughs> you see, there is a need to understand here today, this morning, that God feels exactly the same way about his temple. Now, before we came to God, we shared our temple with many things that we had picked up. They could be hobbies, pleasures, idols, lots of things we share our house with when we come to the Lord. And in the beginning, the Lord is very gracious to us. He gives us time, and through the work and the power of his Holy Spirit, he helps us to get rid of a lot of them. But some of us hang on to some that we don't want to let go. We're fond of them. They can be fond of us too. So, like my dad, he was the Lord is looking for that day when everything else is gone and he has his betrothed to himself. I want to emphasize that to you. That is what the Lord is looking for now. Not next year or the year after. He wants it now. Now, Brother Butcher, in his lessons this morning, spoke a lot 
about the Holy Spirit. It was all about the Holy Spirit. And this is what I'm speaking about, you see. Because if we've got other things in our house, then there's not much room for the Holy Spirit. We do have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that is for sure. But it restrains the Holy Spirit from doing all that he wants to do in our lives if part of the house is occupied by other things. He desires to fully possess his temple for himself. And he can't possess it for himself while there is sin and idolatry in the temple. Sin behaves like children of today's society. I don't know if you've noticed, but children don't like to leave home nowadays. Hmm? They want to stay with their mum and dad. They want to be looked after. They want to be coddled. They're quite happy to go to work and earn a wage and pay a bit of board, but they still want to stay at home. It was never like that in my day. I couldn't wait to leave home. But today, for some reason or other, children like to stay at home. I mean, up until last year, I had four generations in my home. And instead of getting rid of them all and retiring and being on my own, the Lord keeps adding to them. They're comfortable. They're settled. They're dug in deeply. But God feels towards his children much like a mother or a wife towards her home. She decides who she wants in it and when. My mother decided no visitors, no friends to be in this house when your dad comes home from work. I want the house for him himself. I recently heard of a family which, because of a condition brought on by severe financial difficulties, they found it necessary to board several family members with my friend and her husband. They're from my church. While outwardly everything in the house of my friend seemed congenial, my friend was naturally a bit dissatisfied. One day she said to her husband, I'd like to have all of our home to ourselves. I hope the time will soon come when we'll have it like that. Her heart was open to these people who had the financial difficulties, but when a husband and wife and five children move into a home and you're used to living on your own, after a while you feel you want your house to yourself again, even though the Christian heart in her was open to boarding these people. And that expresses somewhat the attitude of God towards us who are troubled with the presence of the flesh. He says, I would like to have that temple all to myself. I hope the time will soon come when I can have it that way. Yes, that's exactly the way God feels towards every carnal Christian. Now, Brother Butcher said just before he sat down that I might speak a little bit firmly towards you. Hmm. We're all carnal from time to time. Me too. Okay? And there have been times I've stepped out of the spirit into the flesh and stepped back again. Deliberately. It's just me. I don't do it very often, but sometimes I've had to do it. 
So we are all carnal at times, even though we don't want to be. And that is what God is telling us this morning. He's saying that he wants to have them, to possess them, and to fill them with his spirit. That's what he said to me. Tell them. He said, tell them. I want to have them. I want to possess them. And I want to fill them with my spirit. But he doesn't and he cannot fully possess us, nor can we know him in his fullness as long as our carnal condition remains. Everywhere you go, you hear about the lack of power in the church. We all complain about it. We don't see the miracles. The gifts aren't used. But you know, we should be looking at ourselves. Why not? We're not to look at anybody else and ask, why isn't the church? Why doesn't the church have the power that it had in the olden days? Take a look in the mirror. Ask yourself, what is there in your life that needs to be got rid of? Where can you make a space for God to fill out even more in his power and his spirit? What keeps him from baptizing born-again Christians with the Holy Spirit is often the presence of the flesh or carnality. So in reality, the Holy Spirit fills us to the utmost of our capacity. But if the glass is already three-quarters filled with something else, there's not really much room. Our capacity for receiving is greatly limited by the presence of the inner foe. That's your flesh, your canality. So what's the answer? What can we do? I can tell you what I did. I reached a stage in my life where I realized something had changed in my walk with God. When I came back off the mission field, I slackened off. Because the effort that was required on the mission field was no longer needed in my comfortable existence in Australia. So I I slackened off. But then after a while, I realized things are not quite the same. There's a sense in you when the Holy Ghost is at work. And I was starting to miss that. So I prayed and I asked the Lord. I said to him, I don't know what's changed. I'm still praying, I'm still reading my Bible, but the inside is not the same. You see, what had happened was I'd started picking up different things. Not harmful. There was nothing wrong with them. I took up quilting. I started reading more because of more spare time. I started cooking. I took up gardening. Everything in itself seemed justified. It was fine. But it was taking up more and more of my time, more and more of my life. And there was less capacity for the things of God. We have to determine, and this is what I did, I determined in my mind, I am going to fully dedicate myself to the Lord. I'm going to gradually get rid of all of these things. You can't do it overnight. But you must have a determination to start and look at what you have that has taken it 
And remember, it's not necessarily something evil. You know, it can be something that seems perfectly safe and good for you. And the Lord doesn't expect you to be reading your Bible and praying 24-7. There has to be other things in your life that give you pleasure. He surrounded you with them. But the key is the balance. The key is the balance. Because those things that pleasure our life have a habit of taking over. When we've received the Holy Spirit in any measure, we receive him in the fullness of his personality. For he's indivisible. You can't divide the Lord. And that is all of the gifts that are present. But because we restrain him, we repress the Spirit. Because we are not empty, we are full of other things. The fullness of the gifts that are in us can't be used. They're there. The gifts are there in the church. They're all here in spirit-filled people, but they're not being manifested because they're being repressed by other things in our lives. If you pray and you ask, Lord, I want the gift of healing, or Lord, use me in the gift of tongues and interpretation, or God, I want to see a miracle, or I want the gift of wisdom, it's already there. But you're repressing it. Because your life is filled with other things. But when you remove those things and start meditating and thinking about the Lord and the Holy Spirit, they will be released. They're there. If the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you at all, he's dwelling in you in the the person of Jesus Christ. It's Christ, it's the Spirit of Christ that is in you. And we know from the word of God, he went around doing good. Giving sight to the blind. I helped her to find an apartment. And I was helping her to move into the apartment. It's a three bedroom, two bathroom. She's on a first floor in an apartment building. And because it was a three bedroom, two bathroom, she was allocated two parking spaces and two storage cages which are in front of the parking spaces. So, There was a surplus of furniture, and I went down into the basement in the parking lot to look at the storage cases and see what we could fit in them. But when I got there, I found they were already full. And I thought, I must have the wrong parking spaces. So I went back up to check with her, and then went back down. Sure enough, it was the right ones. So I thought, maybe the storage cases don't go with the parking spaces. So I contacted the real estate agent, and she said, Jess, those are yours. I said, but there's stuff in them. Fool. Or she said, they belong to the original occupier. He just hasn't picked them up yet. Now, my sister had paid a month's bond and a fortnight's rent in advance. She has the keys to everything in that apartment except the storage cages. Now, you see, she cannot fully occupy her apartment, which includes the storage cages until the previous occupier removes what he has got stored there. Are you following me? Amen. Amen. Yay. So you see, I believe the Lord let me see that as a perfect example of what is happening in the lives of his children. The previous occupier still has some of his goods stored in us. So even though legally my sister 
the apartment is hers legally, she can't do anything about it until the occupier is evicted that's still got his stuff in those storage cages. And of course, that's underway just now. And this is exactly what's happening in our Christian lives. When we are born again, God's Holy Ghost moves in, God's Spirit. He takes possession of his purchase. We were bought with the price of his blood. We are his possession. But his possession has got something in it that shouldn't be there. Unfortunately, for us, that means we are not filled to the full capacity that we should be with God's Holy Spirit. In our text, we read that the Corinthian Christians were the temple of God, and they had the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. We just read it. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? God, by right, purchased purchases and owns the temple. It was his. But because of the presence of the former tenant, the flesh, God couldn't occupy it fully. And this is what Paul is talking about. What God desires from us is that Christians who are carnal, as the Corinthians were, will through the Spirit put to death the carnal deeds of the body, and fully dedicate or consecrate the whole temple to God so that he may fully possess it. Now, God is not going to do that for you. Just like in my sister's case, that occupier, the previous occupier, is going to have to come with the keys and remove his goods. My sister can't do that. And God is not going to do that for you. You have to do it. You have to rededicate your life to God and determine in your mind you're going to put the flesh, the carnal deeds of the body, to death and you're going to get rid of them. It's then that the Holy Spirit fills the temple or the person who's been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit is, has the full power and the Holy Spirit can release the gifts that are necessary in the body. You see, the gifts are not for you. They're not for you. They're for you to minister to those outside who need them. When God fully possesses his temple, it's like the dedication of the tabernacle in the wilderness. When Moses had turned it over to God in dedication, the cloud of glory so filled it that there was no room for Moses. When you fully dedicate your temple to God and it is sanctified and holy and all that's in it is what God wants in it, the cloud of the glory of God will cover you. Like the dedication of Solomon's temple, the glory of God so filled that place there was no room for the priests. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's no room for carnality or the carnal self. It's interesting to note that after Pentecost, the term baptized in the Spirit is hardly ever used, seldom used. But it now becomes a new term, filled with the Spirit. And you see, being baptized in the Spirit is like being baptized in water. You only do it once, 
You don't keep getting baptized in water all the time. You get refilled. You get replenished in the spirit. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you take a sip out your glass and the waiter comes up and tops it up again? And you end up feeling bloated like it just keeps on doing it? That's what it's like with Holy Ghost. As you give out, you should be constantly replenished. It should be coming in all the time. Nothing less than full dedication of your entire self to God will do. He desires to bring us into a deeper and more precious relationship with himself after our lives are entirely his. And he fills us with the Spirit. Now, if we break or neglect that relationship, we upset the fullness of the Spirit. And that's what I did when I came back from the mission field. I upset the balance of the relationship. And it was more flesh then than it had been spirit. But I've rectified it. Sin or idolatry or its close relatives such as carnal pleasures are not welcome in God's temple. His temple, not yours. His temple. They're not welcome. He doesn't want them. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. And the Holy Spirit will lift that restraining hand to release the gifts and the power that the church needs today. You might ask the Lord to reveal to you any of the past tenants' belongings that are locked away. You see, my sister, when she rented that apartment, she she didn't even go down into the basement to have a look at what was down there. She went into the apartment, had a look through all the rooms and thought how beautiful they were. Everything looked brand new and clean and all that. It was me that went down into the basement and had a look to see what was there. I'm talking about the basement. Mm -hmm. You see, sometimes we don't know what's in the basement and we need a third party to go and have a look for us. Mm -hmm. So, you may have to ask the Lord, even though you might not want to know what's in the basement and what you have to get rid of. When I was living in Perth, um, 1991, I think it was, or 1991, I was in my prayer room and I was praying and talking to the Lord and suddenly he gave me a vision. I just remembered it the other day and I was talking to him about it. And in the vision, I saw a hand, just a hand, appear from the side. And there was a garbage bin in it. And it tipped the garbage bin up. And all the stuff came out on the floor. And there were pieces of white, like A4 typing paper. And then there was a lot of slime and horrible mess. And the hand came again and picked up the pieces of the white paper and took it away and then the Lord spoke to me and he said Margaret that's your heart I remember the shock I felt and I said Lord you took away the white paper but you've left all the other he said yes he said that's because if I took it all away at once he said you couldn't you wouldn't remain sane you would lose your mind. He said, I have to cleanse you 
a little bit at a time. He's still working on me. But I didn't know it was there. A third party had to show me. God had to show me what was in my heart. So don't you sit there looking at me this morning and thinking, poor Sister Belette, because your hearts are probably all the same. Your hearts are all the same. Because I know I'm just common humanity. I'm no different from you, and you're no different from me. So you're going to have to pray and ask the Lord to reveal to you what has been left within you by the past tenants, what is locked away in unused storage rooms. Then rededicate yourself to keeping his temple just for you and him. I'm going to close, but I want to remind you, God wants his house for himself. He does not want to share it with anyone. Musicians, please. You are his betrothed, the bride of Christ. He wants a spotless bride. We talk about going to heaven, and we are. We're on our way. But if there's anything in us in the form of sin or uncleanness, unholiness, I'm sorry, we won't get in. We won't get in. The onus, the responsibility is upon us to have a look in that basement, see what's there that shouldn't be there, and get rid of it. Get rid of it so that God has his temple to himself. The altar is open. If anyone wants to come and talk to the Lord, ask him to show you what's there. And remember, we're all the same. If I've got it, You've got it. Praise God. God bless you.